It's that time of year, preconditioning and preparing for weaning. So are you setting your calves up for success? Not only are we creating health margin in that calf's life, we're also creating value margin. Dr. Randall Spare joins me as we not only talk about the specifics on preconditioning and weaning, but what he believes is the single biggest element to helping your cattle through the stress at this time of year. Listen to find out what that is on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Working Ranch Radio Show on Rural Radio Channel 147, Sirius XM. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and if this is your first time listening to our program here, uh, first of all, a little bit about myself is I'm a rancher in northeast Wyoming, and uh, we have a cow-calf operation, and we also take in some cattle for some custom grazing in the summertime. Now, in the past few years, we actually had been grazing some sheep in here as well, but uh, with the dry weather that I know a lot of other folks are in as well, we've uh, the sheep are no longer here, and uh, we tried to destock a little bit to kind of get ahead of this drought. We'll see how that played out. I'm not sure. I'll tell you what, it has been extremely dry, and uh, we've not quite seen the moisture that other areas have through this monsoon season that's coming up. We're hoping, fingers crossed, in fact, as I'm recording this program, we're getting just a little bit of rain. We'll hope it amounts to something, but I know other folks are kind of in that same situation. But by the way, thanks again for joining us. And also, if you hear the program, you'd like to listen to it again, or you'd like to go back and listen to other programs, we do have a podcast site as well. All of our programs are there, and pretty much any podcast provider out there, you can find the Working Ranch Radio Show. Well, on our show today, Dr. Randall Spare of Ashland Veterinary Center in Ashland, Kansas, is my guest. Uh, he comes out of a very large clinic there in southwest Kansas, serving customers in kind of a four-state region of Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas primarily. I think they reach out into Colorado as well. But Dr. Spare joining me as we will be talking about preconditioning and weaning and then that one factor that he attributes a lot to in regards to how these calves move forward to their next destination to be successful and to be healthy. We're going to talk about that in today's program. Also, meteorologist Don Day will be joining us in the last segment of our program as we'll take a look at our long-term weather across the country. Well, the Captain Tim O'Byrne is usually in on our program to give us a little bit of Tim's two cents. However, for today's show, he will not be here. And there's only a couple things I can think of. Number one is there is a new edition of Working Ranch Magazine almost ready to head to print. And I know he has and, the, and everyone with Working Ranch Magazine have been working hard to get that out. In addition to that, next week, all everyone from Working Ranch Magazine will be back in Nashville, Tennessee for the 2021 Cattle Industry Convention. Uh, that's August 9th through the 13th next week. So be sure to look them up. If you are there, they will be there on the trade show floor. Be sure to stop by the Working Ranch magazine booth. Also, just another item on the calendar of events since we're there, a note from my uh, friend down in Claremore, Oklahoma, Mr. Wally Olson, telling me about a workshop mini school that's going to be going on there next week in Claremore, August 12th through the 14th. Part of that will be on profitable grazing, and you'll hear from Burke Teichert, Marlene Moore, Wally Olson himself, as well as Don Hanato, and then, of course, Don also there will be giving a stockmanship clinic as well. She is very good that will be a good conference down in Claremore, Oklahoma. If you'd like to find out more information about that, you can register by going to www.eventbrite.com profitable grazing. Well, a thank you to our sponsors of the Working Ranch Radio Show, the American Simmental Association, as they believe their primary purpose for existence is genetic evaluation and providing genetic awareness tools that help producers make decisions that will move their operations forward. SimGenetics is profit through science. Find out more at Simmental.org. Performance Beef, easy to use, cattle management software, find Performance Beef 
Beef online to request a demo. Beefmaster, nothing beats a Beefmaster. Find out more at beefmasters.org. The Working Ranch Expo, it's going to be held December 8th, 9th, and 10th in Las Vegas, and things are coming together. That'll be during the second half of the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. You can find us all at the Working Ranch Expo right across from Cowboy Christmas. To find out more, go to workingranchexpo.com. And finally, Gelvate Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. For more information, go to gelvate.org. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we'll jump into our main topic today with Dr. Spare as we talk about preconditioning, weaning, and then what is that one element that he attributes a lot of success to for these calves to be healthy when they go to their next destination. We're going to talk about it when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Starting off in the right direction is essential to gaining an advantage later when you go to market your calves. And I have proof that the right direction is with Sim Angus Sired Calves. A 2020 study by K-State showed that Sim Angus Sired Steer Calves earn more at sale time than all other breed identified sire groups with at least 50 lots represented on Superior Livestock's 2020 summer sales. The proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. I'm your host, Justin Mills. And as we find ourselves the time of year where we start thinking of fall work and what's going to be ahead for our calves predominantly, of course, our cows as well. And I know for some folks, you've probably already preconditioned. And and, uh, as I said at the top of the program, uh, in some of these drier drier areas, there's probably folks already looking at weaning. And so uh, with all of that in mind, I thought it was appropriate that we uh, spend some time on our program here today talking about those kinds of things. So joining me is Dr. Randall Spare out of Ashland Veterinary Center in Ashland, Kansas, uh, a very large clinic there in the southwest part of Kansas, predominantly serving customers in Kansas, Oklahoma and Texas, and reaching out into Colorado as well. But Dr. Randall, thanks for joining us here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Yes, it's an honor to, to, to visit with you, and and uh, I certainly enjoy what I do, enjoy the people we work with, and, and it's an opportunity to just share some of the things that uh, we're all experiencing, and, you know, we're, we're all in this together in the beef industry, and um, this is an exciting time of year for, for people to prepare their animals to for the for the next people to own them or I call it the next zip code to own them mm-hmm. so that they can, these cattle can succeed um, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You bet. And so there's pl- plenty to do to, to prepare <laughs> them for that. So let's start literally getting down to the vaccination, the vaccine that we're using and that process. And, 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 and I know a lot of folks say, oh yeah, we know there's vaccine we got to give, but let's talk about the details of that because I think there's a little bit more that we need to understand what's going on there. So first of all, we're, we're at a time period where, depending on when these calves were born, they're anywhere from 120 days to maybe 180 days of age. And when we think of vaccination, really what we want to be thinking about is, is immunizing. When we, when we put a vaccine into those animals, we're asking those animals then to respond to that, those viral particles or bacterial particles in an immune response. And that animal that's that's 100 days old is quite a bit different than that animal that's 180 days old. And if we think about the life cycle of these animals and when their immune systems start to work, um, I, I often equate it to vaccinating a, a puppy. Puppies, we ask people to bring their puppies in at, at, at 6, 8, 12, and 16 weeks of age to protect for parvo. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason we do that is the immunity falls off in those animals as the immunity they receive from their mothers. Well, bovines are the same way. And by the time we get to 150 days of age, the, the immunity that they receive from their colostrum and also from their uh, early vaccines at, at branding time, they've started to, to fall off in nature and they're not as effective as, as we'd like them to be. Mm-hmm. So this is a time that we really want to to 
get those calves in when they're not stressed. The other thing is we want to go back and look at what that bottle says, the bottle of the vaccine, and it doesn't matter which company that we're, we're talking about, all say vaccinate healthy, non-stressed calves. Mm-hmm. And when we vaccinate those calves and we put those antigen in them, we, those animals have a chance to respond. And they're not stressed. They're not bawling. We, we vaccinate them. We put them right back on the cow. And we allow that, that immunity to develop. Studies show that the, the vaccine, by, by the time you get to 21 days post-vaccination, the vaccine's fully effective. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing we have to remember, if we vaccinate 100 head of calves, they're not all going to respond to the same degree. And that's why a second, this vaccination is, it comes on the heels of one at, when they're 60 to 90 days of age. And we're preparing them for a time of, of, of stress when they're, when they're started to be separating from their mothers. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be done. This pre-vaccination, we call it pre-weaning vaccination needs to be done anywhere from two to four to five weeks prior to weaning time. Mm-hmm. Dr. Spare, I know the answer to this question might be one that a lot of people know, but I think it's important to reemphasize that, that there are some basic processes that we need to be aware of also when it comes to uh, handling our vaccine and handling these cattle and, and where we're given the shots as well. So we need to take the same care when we vaccinate of uh, taking good care of our vaccine, keep it cool, only mix up what we can use in an hour and in- inject uh, subcutaneously in front of the shoulder following BQA standards. Mm-hmm. And then we put them back on the cow. And so all they have to do is uh, when we come time to separate them off the cow, then they're ready to, to respond to a little more stressful times. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things for me sometimes has been the fact that uh, you kind of caught off guard as you don't really count the steps backwards or the days backwards in terms of when you're wanting to uh, have these cattle gone and how that plays to having them ready to go to the next spot. Justin, one of the things that, that I often tell people, we need to prepare for weaning time 60 to 90 days prior to, to that separation and not just the vaccination. We need to move those cows to a place where if it's all possible, let's put those cows and calves in a place where we can just move the cows across the fence after a few days. Mm-hmm. When we acclimate a group of calves to a particular pasture, and then we can uh, the cows can teach the calves where the, the water is, they can teach them uh, where the fences are, the boundaries, then we can move them across the fence, the cows across the fence, and leave the calves there. Their diets don't change. We handle them in a, in a low-stress fashion, and those calves are across the fence laying down chewing their cuds. Mm-hmm. And then after a few days, we drive the cows away. So that weaning process, and I call it a process, it, it should start in our minds a couple months before we actually separate those cows and calves. When we look at uh, weaning and, and for folks that might keep these calves a little little bit longer than, than uh, they normally would, do you look at a, any sort of a second uh, vaccination at all? So once, once we separate those calves and um, we've, we've had them vaccinated, I really encourage our producers to leave them, leave them alone for a week to 10 days until we have them on a, a ration that they're content with, they're, uh, they're gaining, their diets haven't changed. R- understanding that first vaccination, too, is four weeks prior to, to weaning, prepared them for this time. And it's not just real important to jump in there and vaccinate them the day we've, uh, we wean them. Mm-hmm. So, but I would encourage our producers today, and just today I talked to two different people about let's, let's wait seven to 10 days after we separate those cat, calves from their mamas, and then let's come th- back through there and give them another five-way bottle vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's many products out there that we can choose. And uh, I would encourage people to, to visit with their veterinarians. The veterinarians are great immunologists, and they understand how immunology works. And choosing the right vaccine for your particular geographic area is important. And uh, really, really encourage that to foster that relationship you have with your veterinarians. Mm-hmm. 
one of the other things, of course, we're talking calves a little bit, and I want to step back and let's talk about the cow a little bit and and the process that we need to be thinking about with that cow as we work as we're working these uh, this these cattle through fall, late summer, fall work, and with that cow. Um, you know some of the things that we need to be looking at for her and what should we do be preparing for for her so one of the things i think that we, we can be very proactive with and here again is it's important to get with your veterinarian as you wean these calves it's important to understand what's our parasite burden and in relationship to the question you just asked me how do we take care of our cows once you have those calves weaned i would go through there and pick up some fecal samples and and, and look to see what the parasite burden is on mm-hmm. your calves as well as your cows. Because then when you get ready to work your cows, you know whether you need to uh, use a, a dewormer, an anthelminic on those cows, and also what type we need to do on those calves. So uh, that would be important. And it depends on when you preg check those cows or when you're going to have those cows in the chute, then you can have the products available to vaccinate your cows. We're going to take a break here and we'll be back with Dr. Spare as the question ruminating in my head is, is all of this that I'm doing, does it pay off? We're going to talk with Dr. Spare about that plus more when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Payday starts with superior Beefmaster cows. Yes, the Beefmaster female has stayed true to her original purpose, to help ranchers in tough environments improve performance, survivability, and longevity. So if you're giving up ground in traits that matter, consider Beefmasters. The breed will jumpstart your cattle and give your next calf crop a performance boost. Nothing beats a Beefmaster. Learn more about what the Beefmaster cow can do for your herd at beefmasters.org. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills, your host, and today we're talking about preconditioning and weaning. And in just a little bit, we're going to talk more with Dr. Spare about the one thing that he attributes a lot of success to in terms of how these calves will play out when they move to their next destination. But Dr. Spare, at this point in the game, I want to talk about weaning specifically because I know I'm not the only guy that's probably weaned these calves and wondered at a point in time, like, is what I'm doing paying off? Well, one of the things we have to understand, just just like in the meat market, the con- the consumers are really the ones that, that drive meat consumption, drive the price of meat. So as, even as today I was watching a, a Superior Livestock video auction, those cattle that are weaned are bringing considerably more amount of money than those cattle that are just being pulled off a cow. And, and why is that? It's because... Consumers are willing to pay for more. The consumer is is the next owner, whether it be a feed yard, whether it be those people that are going to wheat pasture with those calves or backgrounding. The largest challenge that we have today in food animal or or agriculture is labor. Mm -hmm. Trained labor to take care of balling calves. And I think it behooves us, and it's a tremendous opportunity to add value, and, and it would be important to get add weight while we're weaning those calves, then we can give to the next owner a product that's going to succeed well with them. We've got some different, and I talked about it earlier, you know, we've got some different areas in the country that are have experienced different things. If you you can about just draw a line, uh, sort of kitty corner through the country and say that the south east part of the country has been abnormally cooler and wetter than normal. And then the northwest part of the country has been abnormally hot and dry. So let's talk about the southeast part of the country first. And is there any difference? I know schedule-wise, they're probably a little bit further ahead than folks in the northwest just because of of weather and conditions and so forth. For folks in the southeast part of the country, any differences there that they're going to have to adjust to this year with the cooler and the wetter weather we've had? Well, I think that 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 lends to a couple opportunities. Uh, Actually, Justin, is we can get those calves off the cow and actually get them on a forage diet that they're gaining on. I, I visited today with, with a gentleman in uh, Alabama, and he was weaning his calves, and he'd given them shots, and he said, "What now what do I do? Well, I actually wished he would have called me a couple weeks ago before he started, 
but he said, I'm going to feed him a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I said, so how about we do a forage analysis on that silage mm-hmm. that you're going to feed him? Mm-hmm. And, uh, then I said, what are your goals? What are you going to, how are you going to market those kids? Well, I've got land in Kansas and I'm going to come and put them on, uh, that dry grass in, in Southern Kansas. And I said, so you have no forage, and no wheat pasture to go to. And it was an example of let's visit with, make your plan mm-hmm. prior to weaning and see where the most opportunity is to, to wean those calves, make them gain weight and send a product to a, a feeding area that people can succeed with. Mm-hmm. That is a, we want to, we want to be able to, to get them into a, a grow yard or a feed yard and we don't have to treat them with antibiotics. They go right to the bunk and start eating, and they're going to maximize their genetic potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the goal would be let's let's make that plan ahead of time, utilize the resources that we have available, and capitalize on those. Capitalize on your genetic input that you, you've done as a cow-calf producer. The longer you can own them, the more likely you're going to get your full investment out of those cattle. And then we often will talk about people, well, what, why not feed those cattle, put them in a feed yard and grow and, and feed them. There's on, on those high-value genetic op- cattle, there's an opportunity to have a premium on top of that. And oftentimes, Justin, we show people how to do that mm-hmm. and, and talk through that process. But it, it starts with a proper weaning management program, not just a vaccination program, mm-hmm. but getting them into the pens, moving them around, acclimating them to to become used to us as people, managing them, removing stress, pressure from them. And then uh, when we get ready to load them out of the southeast to go to a feeding area, then they load on the truck mm-hmm. with without any stress. And I just saw a video of a set of cattle sent from Missouri that were 650-pounders sent to western Kansas, and they got off the truck. They were actually bucking and bawling. Mm-hmm bucking with joy as mm-hmm. they got off the truck mm-hmm. there was not an ounce of stress in those cattle and that was because that producer had worked with their veterinarian they'd vaccinated them properly put them on a known ration for that size of animal and they'd grown those steers intentionally for 60 days mm-hmm. and uh, it takes a plan but not one size fits all it's taking into account what are my resources, not only feed resources, but physical resources of pens and uh, corrals, uh, shoots and alleyways, so I can wean those calves and then maximizing those. We were talking about the southeast. Let's let's flip up to the northwest part of the country that have these cattle are going to be coming out a little bit stressed because of the drought situation. What are what are things producers in the in the drought areas need to be thinking about? Well, I think it's important to to understand the most important nutrient we have that they're missing is water. And even as we prepare those cattle, if they have to ship them early, let's say it's 400 pounds and you normally ship them when they're 600 pounds. The most important thing we can do is to, to make sure those calves can get the water, not only in the pastures they're still in, but when we prepare those calves for separation processes, so that their mamas can show them how to drink. And, but more importantly, when, when we get ready to wean those, whether it's on the truck, um, or able to do it in some pens, handle those cattle carefully, acclimate them to, uh, very intentional, stress-free weaning. Uh, and if we can at all possible, uh, do a pre-weaning shots at those anywhere from two to four weeks, uh, prior to, to selling those cattle. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that that's a great idea, and we even have clients in, in, in Clark County that they find it difficult to to go in and sweep a 6,000-acre pasture for one day of vaccinations, and they just choose not to, to do that because the stress of getting them in on a hot July or August day is, is yeah. more stressful than the vaccine. So each person, each rancher has a set of uh, resources and they need to understand how can we utilize these the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
just in a, if at all possible, and I know forage is expensive, I'd find ways to wean those calves because we, we see those those weaned calves literally bringing twenty to twenty five dollars a hundred weight more than a unweaned calf, mm-hmm. and this goes really without saying if they if the testicles have been removed and their steers rather than bulls, it's even it's even better. Yeah, and and we understand people miss them, but those are the things that the more we can get done at a young age to prepare them for the next stage, it's a lot more successful. Mm-hmm. One of the things you were talking a little bit about, touched on a bit, was having a plan in place. And, and I think as we talk about this this particular year, and you're talking about watching the sales and the premium coming across on these weaned calves and preconditioned calves, weaned calves, then uh, the plan needs to start, you know, long before we look at sale day. And I think one of the things, there's there's years, I look back, I think back to a few years ago when the calf market was just, you know, I about said ridiculous, but as a cow-calf producer, I'd love to have those prices again right now. But they were really high, and, and we just found that, I mean, it didn't matter what you did with the calves, that they were just, they were selling. And so I think part of the planning and the process is to be watching these markets like you were, like you were talking about, and then begin to build that plan maybe 90, 100 days out. So oftentimes, Justin, one of the things, and I have a, a, a producer's about my age, and we've, we've kind of uh, grown older together, and he's a gentleman that I can often say, well, why are you doing it that way? Well, that particular rancher is is always in a, in a drought planning mode. He's assuming the next drought is starting right now, and he will be ready to either sell his calves early, liquidate his cows early, uh, and he knows which ones he's going to do. So having a drought plan in place that's written down to say, this is what I'm going to sell first. And we have to think, what what sells with the most value at that particular time? And so we have a perfect opportunity that maybe there's parts of the U.S. that has more moisture, and we're seeing some some more moisture, for instance, in New Mexico and in, in eastern Colorado. There might be people that are wanting to buy young cows and and finding ways to advertise those and move those out. And and you save forage now, and then you keep all your replacement heifers. So think about Mm -hmm. how can I sell the things that have the most value to somebody else and take the fewest amount of inputs for me to get to the next year. Sure, it gets to the point where pretty soon, once you've enacted your plan and you've done step one, two, and three, and you have to sell a few more of the factory, that's when it, it becomes a real challenge. But, Justin, I think it's just real important to have a, a plan written down if, it, if it's in the top drawer of your desk. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're going to do when we start getting short on moisture. We have a client that has 800 cows. They've already weaned all their calves. Uh, some of them have been weaned for 30 days. They have a plan to start that process, and we've actually preg-checked their cows already so we know which groups of cows we're going to sell first if if this drought would continue. So it's important to understand. Yes, we can get those cattle in early in in July and August. Get them, get the calves pre-vaccinated, even wean them if we needed to. Get the cows preg checked, and we know which cows are not pregnant. We can actually shorten the breeding season if we need to, and then we can start to market those cows right now before they consume a lot of forage. We're going to take a break here because when we come back, we're going to switch directions a little bit. And a question that I've always had is, is there an optimal weight or number of days calf has been born that a calf is more responsive to weaning? We're going to talk about that with Dr. Spare when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. For commercial cow-calf producers, crossbreeding with Galvay and Balancer is the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. Galvay and Balancer females offer maternal superiority through increased fertility, greater longevity, and more pounds of calf weaned per cow exposed. In the feed yard, Balancer cattle can offer increased performance, improve feed efficiency, and have excellent carcass merit. Balancers add the pounds, make the grade, and deliver the value. Galvey and Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. For more information, go to galvey.org. 
Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills, and my guest today is Dr. Randall Spare with Ashland Veterinary Center out of Ashland, Kansas. And Dr. Spare, something that I have thought I've always thought was interesting is, as a veterinary perspective, is there an optimal weight or maybe age on a calf that is that that you could see the most out of your weaning process because i you know and a lot of times the folks will you know they'll they'll wean off a 600 pound calf you know they but they might be calving you know in this part of the country they're weaning in october and selling a calf you know 600 pounds but they're also calving in february or march so from your perspective as a as a as a veterinarian and what you've seen is there an optimal time or weight on these calves that really they respond well to the weaning process and moving to the next step so justin that's a really good comment and question and and the answer is it really is. I've seen 350-pound calves weaned just as easy or, or better than 650-pound calves. It appears to me that those calves, those younger calves, and, and particularly we have to think about the, what we first talked about. If we wait till 650 pounds to wean those calves, all the immunity from their mother and all the immunity from that, that vaccination at, at branding time have has has been depleted. Mm-hmm. So we, even though we've given a pre-weaning shot, we we're at a vulnerable time in that animal's life. So we have to be extra careful to to what I call create margin for stressful moments. So for instance, if we're waiting to wean those calves in October and they're 650 pounds, we've got them planned to do next week on Tuesday, and we have storms coming in. But by golly, we're going to get it done anyway. Well, what have we done to prepare that calf for that stressful time period? We actually see less string, uh, weaning stress in, here in August mm-hmm. than we do in even mid-September to in October. And if we can get those calves off, the other thing we, we have to remember, and I looked at a set of first calf heifers today, and I said, I encourage those, that, that gentleman, I said, now would be a time to, to wean those calves here in the next few weeks. If we wean those calves and that cow will gain over a pound a day for every day we've taken that calf off. So what's that do? She has a body condition score of five right now. And if we go 90 days or 100 days, we can move her body condition score to a six. Without any supplement, that pays huge dividends. And we maybe don't have to start supplementing her even until the first of the year. Here again, what's the best time? It's the best time when it works well for you in your management practice. This particular ranch will wean all their calves and sell their calves at 60 to 90 days weaned, and they they literally get $5 above the can high at that time of weaning mm-hmm. or time of sales because they're, they're taken off of that ranch and just gone straight to wheat pasture, and they're not touched again. And you think about the labor savings to the next ranch. Uh, that's a huge cost savings, but also it, it's, it mitigates the risk mm-hmm. if they're fully weaned. So think about each one of these management practices that we've talked about, the, the vaccination at branding time, the, the pre-weaning vaccination, the time of fence line weaning, the time of vaccination a week to 10 days later, and then getting on, them on a proper plan of nutrition. Each one of those management practices are what I call creating margin in that calf's life to withstand the challenge, the next challenge that's in front of them. Mm-hmm. And the, the more margin that we can create, the more likely that we're going to make every day a good day in the life of that calf. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes us to the next step in this and that uh, as, as you and I were talking off air before we started our conversation here today and even a moment ago when you mentioned it as we prepare these calves for their next zip code, that is... Just that mindset behind that is something that you feel is extremely important. That's exactly right. So what we're doing with each one of those is not only are we creating health margin in that calf's life, we're also creating value margin. Because if that if that calf does well for the, that owner, he's going to look those calves up the next year. And hopefully we can find two people that want to buy them if they're being sold at auction. And, and they can bid against each other. So 
it is it's important that that we create value that way so that the next people are are to be successful and uh that way their their full genetic potential is maximized during the feeding process Dr. Randall Spare is my guest today. We're going to continue our conversation with him. When we come back in our next segment, he is going to address what he thinks is the number one thing that can contribute to reducing the stress in these calves and making this process a whole lot easier for them and for us down the road. We'll talk about it when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Animal health is key to your business. So how do you track cattle health treatments? Well, stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs. Performance Beef helps you record processing data, enter costs, and track animal health history all in real time at the shoot. The mobile app also makes it easy to log pasture and pen treatments on the go. Your health data is integrated with feed and financial information in one easy-to-use platform, accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. I'm your host, Justin Mills. If you're just joining us, Dr. Randall Spare of Ashland Veterinary Center in Ashland, Kansas, is my guest. We've been talking previously about preconditioning and weaning and also reducing the stress in these cattle. And Dr. Spare, as you have talked about all of this and keep coming back to the fact that stress is one of the major factors that reduces the ability for these cattle to function or to be healthy when they go to their next destination, I guess for me, the thought that I'm thinking of is to going down the road here and having a discussion now on how we are working these cattle. There's actually some cattle handling tools that we can put into to play even prior to vaccination the first time. We, we've recently seen cattle handling where they take those calves and they're, they're not brand, brand dragging them, roping them, dragging, they're putting them through a chute in an alleyway and they're allowing those little calves to, to walk through that facility and actually lay overnight separated from their mamas right across the fence with some high quality hay. The next day they allow them to go through the chute and uh, worked in a cat cradle, and then they're put back on the cow. That process of walking through the chute without anything touching them, without any vaccination, without any pressure being put on them, actually makes them, prepares them for that separation process when they're five to six months of age. So here again, maybe when we give them pre-weaning shots, instead of just hurrying and trying to get it done and quickly, we, we take two days to do it. We allow them to walk through the the alleyway the first day, let them sit, and then the next day we vaccinate vaccinate them, put on the cow. Justin, those are are unconventional ideas, but we see them being being bought into by those people that want to help create value. and And they're not they're not a vaccination tool; they're a management tool. And I think that's the the part of the equation that we're we as cattle producers have missed is we want to we want to make it so their immune system don't have to fight the challenges of stress mm-hmm. and we go to facilities more and more where the facilities are created so that those cattle walk through the, the chutes in the alleyway without any prompting mm-hmm. obviously without any electrical prods uh, and I think that's as that's as so important because here again, we're creating a product the producers want to see us handle safely, humanely, and it starts at the ranch. When we as ranchers understand that we're in the beef business, that somebody's going to eat that steak, it ought to change our behavior. So, Justin, even as we talk about preconditioning and the vaccination important, it's not as important as how we handle those cattle. Mm-hmm. And and we, we need to change the way we think sometimes don't do it like we've done for years but how can we create a product that's going to perform well next and i i would venture to say how well we take care of the rumen and the intestinal tract how we take care of remove the stress is far more important than which vaccine we pick off the shelf to vaccinate those calves with mm-hmm. 
I think, Dr. Spare, there's some things there that uh, you might get some pushback from folks that would challenge some of those theories and say that they are just that, that they're not reality, that uh, they can't justify uh, seeing any return on investment from some of those concepts. And yet, at the same time, I know that the size or the volume of cattle that you see in the given year and that you've handled in a year would lead you to have an opinion that I think would show that some of these techniques of cattle handling and facilities that could be implemented does end up paying dividends. Right. And and here again, the examples I gave you were extreme and I understand that, but find something that I would ask ourselves, find something that we remove the stress from those calves. We physically remove stress. Just like when we get on a horse, we ask that horse, we, we release pressure. The more pressure we can release, the more relaxed he is, he or she is. It's the same way with cattle. When we release that stress and we make make it so when they go to the next environment. You know, I'd like to, to leave you with a with a, a synopsis of, I literally had this conversation with a, with a rancher in southern Oklahoma 10 years ago. He said, Randall... I followed your vaccination to the T. I went and got the specific stuff you asked me to use. I've used it pre-weaning. I used it at weaning time. And when those calves were were separated and the steers were sent to a feed yard, he had a 10% death loss. And these were fine steers. Mm-hmm. And I said, so did you lose any heifers? Did you treat any of those? No. What did you do to them? Well, we just moved them to the other side of the, of the fence. Did you change their diet? No. Did they have concrete? No. Did they have cement water tanks? No. Did they have trucks, dust, etc.? Mm-hmm. The point is, he created no margin in that calf's life, even though he vaccinated it in a preconditioning fashion. So, Justin, I think that we have to change our behavior so many times if we expect that animal to succeed at the next zip code. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a good analogy, a way to think about that. And I know for a lot of us, we grew up on the ranch working with dad or granddad on the place, uh, working livestock, and there was just a way that that was done. And it's not that a lot of folks aren't opposed to the concept, but to physically and mentally make that change and make that shift in what we're doing is tough. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a good story to think about. And I think for a lot of us, uh, most everybody grew up uh, in the business and, and, you know, how dad did it and how grandpa did it is there's some things different these days. You bet. And I think that the thing is we can do is we can, we can change our behavior. Just like I, I watch, I, I listen and watch horse trainers a little more and I watch how they release pressure. And I think that we can do that with cattle. Mm-hmm. If they're afraid of us and if they're not wanting to look at us or if they're have their head up high, we need to, we need to reduce that stress. So those mm-hmm. are certainly some things to think about. And I think it's more important to think about those those management tools or maybe it's our facility. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have a facility that needs to be changed so the footing is good, the lighting is better, um, uh, the corners are right so the cattle will handle uh, quietly and we can ask them to do the things without without even having to touch them. Mm-hmm. And it is possible. And it is possible even on big ranches, but it has to be a buy-in from the leadership. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's something we have to plan into our schedule. Because I'll tell you, I think that after they've done that a time or two, they will actually want to keep those calves longer because one of the reasons people send their calves off and wean them on the truck is because they're afraid of death loss. Yeah, yeah. And they're afraid that they'll have to treat them. And I think the tools are available today that management tools wise, and it's not a vaccination, but we can create that opportunity where they can take advantage of of the investments they've made and hold those calves for another 45 to 60 days so they can they can be prepared for the next uh, zip code. Mm hmm. Well, Dr. Spare, interesting conversation today with you because I know when we started and and really my initial thought was, okay, uh, preconditioning, weaning and and vaccinating and that element that we were going to be talking about. And I I find it interesting how we did talk about that, but we we also kind of made a curve there 
And I, I appreciate your emphasis on the low stress and that actually being a major component to this whole deal. Well, I, I appreciate that, Justin. I know it's a change of, of it's a paradigm shift, but I think that we as we as those in the beef industry have to consider that. And and I think that consumers are watching us. They want they want a product that, that we produce. Right now, beef demand is as high as possible, high as we've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. And I know we have challenges marketing cattle, but I believe that we the changes that we've made on ranches have made that possible. Uh, for consumer to enjoy a steak, that eating experience. And I think that when we as ranchers, cow-calf producers, understand we're in the beef business, I think that we're going to add more value. And, and here again, just in the longer, the more investment we've made in those cattle prior to weaning, the longer we can own those cattle, the more likely we're going to get that investment out. Mm-hmm. So I think that's some some food for thought something to ponder you bet well dr spare i i do want to thank you for taking the time i know you're busy it's a busy time of the year for you to join me here on the working ranch radio show thank you so much justin you have a good day dr randall spare my guest today here on the working ranch radio show with ashland veterinary center out of ashland kansas some very good information as we find ourselves here that time of year where we're no doubt going to be working cattle just a little bit more and some good advice up next, meteorologist Don Day joins us as we take a look at the country's long-term weather forecast. Looking out for the next couple of weeks into September, we'll be back with more right here on the Working Ranch Radio Show on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. The Beefmaster excels in all maternal traits. They get bred easily, year in and year out. They make raising good calves look easy and possess excellent longevity, not breaking down in tough environments. Research shows the breed ranks above others for feed efficiency, one of the most important production traits. If your cow herd has lost its ability to adapt, maybe it's time to rebuild with proven Beefmaster females. Nothing beats a Beefmaster. Learn more about what the Beefmaster cow can do at beefmasters.org. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. I'm Justin Mills, and we're joined now by meteorologist Don Day with dayweather.com. And Don, thanks for joining us. As as we start to look ahead for the for the next two weeks to a month out, uh, I see where the Canadians have released their weather model for the next, for kind of a long-term forecast. And, and I know there's variations of that that are going to come out with the American model in the year. European model, but from from your perspective and what you're seeing, what do you anticipate our long-term weather to look like for the latter part of August and into September? Well, I think it's going to prove interesting. And anytime you hear meteorologists say interesting, that usually means <laughs> there could be there could be some you know extreme weather on the horizon or some some newsworthy weather. And I think what we're going to see is um, there's going to be a fundamental change to where we're going to see low pressure form in the Gulf of Alaska and off the west coast of Canada, which is going to be able to push a little bit into the Pacific Northwest. That would ultimately be good news later in the month uh, for Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Alberta, British Columbia, uh, to bring cooler weather and better chances of moisture to help out with the fires. But there may be an episode of hot weather before that change comes into gear. And then we're going to see a strong likelihood of tropical activity picking up in the Atlantic and the Gulf of Mexico. Now we've gone a long stretch here where there really hasn't been any tropical Mm -hmm. storms or hurricanes you've heard about. Yeah, I just was thinking that. Yeah, but as we get later into the middle to the end of August and early September, that's likely going to change. You know, believe it or not, when when you look at the big picture of hurricanes and tropical storms, you think, well, the tropics, the Atlantic and the Gulf of Mexico, but it's also important where the jet stream is placed and where the major highs and lows are across North America. So if we do see a shift to where low pressure is more towards the West Coast, that allows high pressure to form more towards the Gulf Coast and the Central United States, which makes that tropical activity much easier to form. So we're likely going to see, and I think this is something, especially after the 10th of August through the end of August, 
is I think you're going to see some pattern readjustments across North America, which means the weather you have now may be different by the middle to the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And I know for folks that have been in hot, dry weather this summer, that would be a relief. It really will. And it also means some areas that haven't been hot, like parts of the Southern Plains, will start to see the heat. You know, we had pro- I think we had mentioned in an earlier episode about how you know, Dallas, Texas hadn't even hit 100 degrees mm-hmm. uh, for the summer as a couple of weeks ago. But we're going to see some of the heat go into Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas. We're going to see some 100s down there. So we're going to see kind of a, a realignment. And honestly, as you look at the calendar, here we are in August. September isn't far away, so you should mm-hmm. expect to start to see the weather patterns change a bit. You bet. All right. Well, Don, thanks for joining us today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Thanks for having me. Meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather forecast across the country. And I've mentioned it here before, and I hate, uh, hate to sound like a broken record, but he does have a d- daily video podcast. I subscribe to it. It kicks out every Monday through Friday morning. It's a video podcast, so you got to get to see the pictures and the maps of what all's going on. And if you enjoy his perspective here on the Working Ranch Radio Show, you will find his podcast very well done and very informative as well. So you can go to his website at dayweather.com. A thank you to our sponsors today, the American Simmental Association. Sim Genetics is profit through science. Find out more at simmental.org. Gelvey Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. For more information, go to gelvey.org. Performance Beef, easy to use cattle management software. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. And Beefmaster, nothing beats a Beefmaster. Find out more at beefmasters.org. And also the Working Ranch Expo that's going to be held December 8th, 9th, and 10th in Las Vegas. It's new this year. I will be there as well as everyone from Working Ranch Magazine. So join us for that. Now, if you'd like to find out more about it, whether you are a potential exhibitor or whether you are going to be in Las Vegas during the NFR during those dates, you can find out more at WorkingRanchExpo.com. Again, the dates for that are December 8th, 9th, and 10th in Las Vegas. Now, speaking of everyone from Working Ranch Magazine, just a reminder, don't forget, if you are going to the 2021 Cattle Industry Convention this next week in Nashville, Tennessee, be sure to look up everyone from Working Ranch Magazine. They will be there in the in the trade show floor area, and uh, be sure to say hi to them. Don't forget to say hi to the captain and ask him for a couple two cents if he's got any you never know he might have something up his sleeve that will totally blow your socks off so don't forget to look up everyone from working ranch magazine next week in nashville tennessee at the 2021 cattle industry convention i would like to thank my guest today dr randall spare with ashland veterinary center out of ashland kansas talking today about preconditioning weaning and of course reducing the stress in these cattle and how a lot of that stems back to how we are working those cattle well if you'd like to get a hold of me you can do it by calling or texting the studio right here at 307-363-COWS or you can shoot me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com the working ranch radio show is a production of working ranch magazine we invite you to join us each saturday at 12 noon eastern right here on rural radio channel 147 sirius xm or on your podcast provider thanks again for joining me i'm your host justin mills and until next time keep your chin down and your mind in the middle so long